against the couple. Some ball in towards Shushayenta. Back off the post. Mogwai for MacArthur. A quite remarkable story. Well, hello and welcome to Bull Banter, the only podcast focused on the A-League, the MacArthur Bulls and all things football. I'm joined here as always with Daniel Sims. Daniel, how's your week been? Mate, pretty good. Um, Top of the table. We're running New South Wales. We're running Sydney like Omicron right now. We're just tearing through teams. Um, And yeah, loving life at the top. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's hope it stays that way. It's it's a good feeling to look down on others, and uh, you know, with the team playing the way we are, playing absolutely out of our skin, everyone you know is sort of waiting for us to fall, uh, and the boys just keep proving them wrong. And uh, we did so again on Saturday night up against the Wanderers. And uh, before we jump into it and dissect it, I just have to remind anyone who happens to be a Wanderers supporter that your life peaked in 2014, and uh, it's probably time to to jump ship because. Uh, we're the team of the future and you're the team of the past. Yeah, exactly. hundred uh, percent. The white, black and gold or yellow. So okay. you to take over Sydney with, you know, two from two against Sydney teams so far in the A-League season. So no goals conceded. Yeah. The, yeah. FFA cup, you know, it counted last week when we were in it still, but now not, not at all. Doesn't matter. The league. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. 2-0 against the Wanderers uh, at, um, what's their home ground? Stadium. Combank Stadium. It used to be Bankwest. It's I was always about to say Bankwest. Bank, that's how you can remember. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, but no. solid performance. Um, and, you know, I thought we really bounced back from that uh, FFA Cup game. Yeah, it was, we were a bit, I guess... I wouldn't say worried because uh, we have the sort of the skin over the Wanderers in our matchups, even when they've sort of drawn to us, it's been through lucky stuff like a, a flick on uh, or whatever. But, you know, at Bankwest, we've done it before and it, it's happened again. Uh, history repeats, repeating itself. We've won on their home turf and, uh, you know, the Wanderers fans were pretty pissed off. And you got to say, like, for us after that midweek fixture, you know, they rested their side. We had you know, half our squad pretty much getting minutes in the midweek um, who ended up playing. So some of them doing 120 minutes even, and they look fresher um, and you can't fault it. Like obviously Ante's got the guys just, you know, sticking to the plan, uh, completely buying in and they'll run through walls for him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in case you missed it, uh, RBB TV, uh, Sort of went a bit viral. The interview with Boz, uh, one of the post-match. It's post-match. Yeah. A league version of Arsenal, of, uh, fan. Arsenal fan TV. Yeah, um, and exactly right. Um, when Wanderers are resting blokes against Apia, um, you know, like 
they have no excuse. We should also let our fans know um, COVID has wreaked havoc again. It's bumped us back onto Zoom recording. So if you pick up any background noise, that's uh, that's an unfortunate side effect of this. But uh, yeah, we, we missed the set and we want to get back into the garage as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, we got a, we got a game to pour through. So um, we started pretty well. I thought we set up very defensively because it's worked for us throughout the whole season so far. Um, you know, our structures were good. We had a really good, um, you know, we were pressing when we needed to, but we let them have the ball. I thought that when we did have the ball, we were a little bit uneasy, uh, particularly when we worked it to our wing backs. Um, they were either receiving it really deep and didn't really have a pass forward or they got it up the field and it was just picking the wrong moments. Um, so we really were hemmed back in that first half. And apart from a really dangerous strike, uh, and a little bit of you know individual brilliance from Tommy Orr. Um, it seemed like a pretty lackluster first half. I think uh, Ante certainly sent them out there just to go, let's get nil-nil at halftime and then we'll make our changes and see what happens. And um, I think it really worked for us. Like, obviously, we, we got the 2-0 victory in the end, but, uh, you know, we've got to st- start with that defensive structure and everything else flows from there and, uh, yeah, paid dividends. Yeah, like the first 30 minutes especially was really like back and forth. Both sides were sort of just feeling out the game, sort of seeing where, you know, that advantage for either side could really come from. Um, we were happy just to let them have the ball at the back and then they weren't really pressing us either. So it was just both sides sort of having a crack at, uh, you know, testing out, moving the ball side to side. Wanderers yeah. actually had a few decent chances like quite early on in the game um you know caught us on the back foot a little bit but still there were like half chances and we were we were better for them like better than them in the individual battles it was almost like we were okay with letting them have a go because um we kind of just trusted that whoever was marking who could get it or even if they were through it was kind of like we're gambling on the fact that they were just not good enough to finish and um, they clearly weren't like the best chance they had was Bernie Abini header on the six yard line and Kurto, you know, springs down to his right to save it. But, um, you know, the way Milicic has drilled this side, there's just so much faith and belief. Like we could have let them have the ball for 90 minutes and they wouldn't have scored. It's just the way that you get that vibe in the game that everyone's calm, collected at the back. Uh, everyone knows their role defending as a squad and, you know, we could do it for days. Um, but it takes more than that to win a game. And um, I do want to see us push forward with the ball a bit more. I think there was a few opportunities, especially after we won the ball in midfield, um, to push the ball forward early. And again, we just picked the wrong passes or, or chose the wrong moments, chose the wrong options, and then the moment's gone. Um, I think we'll see that happen a lot more often, especially when Devia gets back. Uh, Tommy Orr put in a really good shift in the midfield, kept it ticking over. And Charles, again... He's really cemented that deep-lying midfielder role. Um, but it's just, yeah, some of the options were really shut down quite quickly for us. Um, even though our midfield had a good game, I think early on, especially, the Wanderers came out with a lot of energy. They started high tempo and uh, they sort of boxed us out of the midfield. So all, always the ball was going to the left wing back or the right wing back. And uh, usually they were having to come back to receive it. So it was very one-out stuff. Uh, it ended up being kicked long for Lockie quite a few times and battling against, again, two centre-backs. He was not getting a, a lot of joy, especially in the first half. But 
um, late on in the first half, we did a really good job of sort of possessing. We actually got our chance in, in their final third and uh, made some noise down there, uh, got some shots away. But it wasn't until the second half where things sort of opened up more, the changes happened, and um, I think it really went according to plan for Ante. Yeah, um, I'd like to touch on how you said our, you know, there's so much belief in our defense. And I think going forward long-term, I'm not sure if we can rely on that like relentless last-ditch defensive effort to, you know, get a block on a shot or, you know, rely on Kurto to make another like five brilliant saves per game. Um, like, is against that, better sides, we will get found yeah, out, I agree. Against like a, you know, Melbourne City, or an informed Jets side that we might yeah. first on Sunday. Um, or even victory look pretty lethal this, yeah, this year. Yeah, could be worrisome against a side that's going to take their chances, unlike mm-hmm. Sydney FC and the Wanderers currently. I um, think we've just kind of lucked out as well. Like the opposition, I mean, for a few reasons, the opposition we've faced have all been these sides who want to possess the ball and try and move it around and then uh, release it, right, for the attack. Um, and that's played into our hands. Like, I mean, Wellington, you could argue they're a bit more counter-attacking, but the Mariners under Nick Montgomery are a lot more possession-based uh, than we've seen in previous years. Sydney obviously want to keep the ball. Wanderers want to play that, you know, possession-style game, sort of like we did last season. Um, but we're playing a lot more effective this year and just basically baiting them onto us and then uh, unleashing these attacks and trusting that we can hold them out. We can uh, get through the tough moments. And then when we do have the ball, we know we have the quality in the final third to get it done. Um, obviously we're not creating as many chances as last season, but when you're this clinical, uh, it doesn't really matter. Does it? No. And um, so I'll yeah. have to butt in there. Um, like, as you said, Wellington's the only sort of non-possession based team reverse. And they're the only side that scored against us so far. And Mariners yeah, are a bit... open play. Yeah, not I see like even that had to be a pen. Um, Mariners, you know, they're just sort of off the pace a little bit this season. Um, some days they're good, some days they're they're off. But I think they're still finding their feet too. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, I guess it all came together uh, finally for us in the sixty third minute or so um, after the changes were made and. Um, yeah, I think this is where Ante separates himself from someone like Carl Robinson. Uh, this is where he made all the changes. Every single change he made was effective, right? Liam Rose comes on the midfield, makes a big difference. Um, he had Holman come on. Obviously, we're going to talk about his influence on the match. Um, and, you know, getting just the, the right place at the right time to come in making a difference. Um, Nazarene and Tate Russell came on for the Wanderers and did nothing, essentially. Maybe tried even too hard. Like Nazarene had a few shots from distance because he's just, you know, obviously trying to work his way into the first 11 there. Um, And you could argue that Tate Russell was a bit culpable for the goal. I mean, when he the reason why we scored our um, breakaway goal, that second one, was simply because he's come on, thrown the ball, uh, right, he's playing yeah. sort of wing back and he's not gotten back quick enough. Um, and midfielders had to track the run of De Silva once Lockie's flicked it on and, um, you know, they just weren't able to adjust to that situation. But it did break for us uh, midway through the 60th minute. Um, we had 
a bit of sustained pressure there, a corner. Um, Najar nearly sort of put it back in the middle for Lockie. And then um, from there, we've worked it back out through Charles. Charles has found Daniel De Silva, who, again, like every week we're saying this, he just looks class. Like he looks, even with De Villa not there, he looks like no one's going to take the ball off him. Like he's always going to find the right pass. He's going to sustain the pressure. And, um, you know, even though it was a bit deflected, he found the right ball into the area, flicked on by Lockie Rose. And then after second time of asking, knocked <laughs> home by Tommy Uzcock. And didn't he love it? Yeah. Uh, gave him the, gave him the shush as he, as he, as he rightly should. Um, that's such a game. Um, but Charles was so crucial in that goal because the ball gets headed out off the corner, falls to him outside the box. And you're sort of thinking like, Oh, just hit it. But, you know, he takes a decent enough first touch and to the Wanderers' credit, they hound him down, send like two players towards him to turn him around. But he just is able to turn it. He knows De Silva's still out there after taking the corner, works it out to him. And then De Silva is always one-on-one. You're going to bet that he's going to beat his man, especially when it's James Teresi trying to defend him. I mean, I saw... If you look closely at him, what he does, he sort of realizes where he is and he just goes, all right, I know I can make this guy sort of jockey backwards until I make a move. So he just kind of does that slow or not slow, but like close, close in dribbling up until he gets him over his uh, own into his own box. And that way, when he takes him on, he knows he can't dive in. So it makes room for the, for the cross to come in. Very intelligent play. Like, you know, he could have taken him uh, to the byline as well. He could have looked for the penalty, but knowing how many bodies we had in the box still up from the corner, that's very intelligent play. Working the defender back, knowing that if they dive in, I'm winning a pen. If not, well, I've got a free area there to hit. Um, and it still was deflected, but again, uh, it's those little things, those little decisions. Again, another little decision like you touched on, Charles with the turn and then wonderfully on his left foot, just waiting a pass out to De Silva, who didn't have to even adjust his body at all, just took it. Uh, was able to dribble with it straight away. And it's those little things that, that you don't realize make a goal. Those, those build-up decisions are so influential. And I think, you know what, across the board, um, our midfielders have that in them. Like, they know what to do at the right times. Um, the system's clearly working for Ante. And when we're in that moment, like, you can see that they're confident enough to try it. Um, so it's, it's wonderful to watch. Unfortunately, uh, we have to say as well, that we didn't have many fans at the game. Um, don't know what's going on there, but yeah, I mean, it's not good enough for a, a derby. You'd want to see more of a of a support, even on a away day like that. I mean, to be fair, I, I was going to go, but then I pulled the plug last minute. So, I, and I have a feeling a lot of uh, other MacArthur supporters were feeling the same. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Potentially. I mean, you could look at it as uh, it's close to Christmas. December is a very busy time of year. We've just come out of COVID. People are kind of poor or we might go back into lockdown too. It's unlikely. But anyway, uh, you know, we've had four games in the Sydney region in a row uh, to go and watch. Maybe, you know, it's a case of not everyone who would want to go can make a game or if they've already, you know, if they wanted to go, they've probably already gone to a game. And not everyone's going to go to every single game. Like you'd have to have a very dedicated fan base to have yeah. that. And because we're so young, we just don't have that. I think a lot of uh, fans as well are sort of holding out for that first home game on the weekend anyway. Yes, um, absolutely right. I know I know, I am. Um, I'll definitely be there. 
yeah. at that one. <laughs> not going to pull out at the last minute this time, are you? Uh, unless, uh, I'll drag you along. unless COVID has any other ideas, but yeah. fingers crossed. Um, Hopefully it doesn't scare people away. We're yeah. going to talk about that later though. And um, the, the game, yeah, Sorry. I, w- I will say the game should hopefully still be going forward because obviously the Jets are facing a bit of a COVID scare, but we'll get into that later. Um, now, before the, before the second goal, yes, as soon as he came on. I want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the Holman hour. Yes. The next hour is just dedicated to Jake Holman. Um, as soon as he came on, he was just immense. Like, absolutely. Every single, He's... like, we said it last year as well. Every time he comes onto the pitch, he makes a difference. And we were wondering where he was this season. But in the post game um, interview he had, he said he'd been bat- battling an injury. So I guess that's why he wasn't seeing much game time. But finally, gets subs on with some decent minutes, not just like a five minute cameo. He comes in at like the 70th minute. So he's got time to show what he can do. And he went and did it. Yeah. He's, he went and did it. He's an absolute dazzler, isn't he? Like he's the kind of player you want to bring on when there's 20 minutes left, uh, when there's tired legs of the opposition defense and uh, every touch he does is just kind of, you know, class. There's, he makes, he makes other players defending him, hang off him. And that's the mark of a good player. Like they're scared to dive in against him because they know with a, you know, a quick little touch, he'll be around them and they'll be scurrying to cover. Um, And so he just creates space for himself. Um, You know, he only had to apply the finish for his goal, but it's the other little touches. It's, you know, he has a very good spatial awareness when the ball's coming towards him. He knows he he can let it roll and, and knows sort of the pace on it. He he can judge when uh, defenders are around him and know if he has to, you know, hold it up or, or you can let it roll and, and keep going. He's just, he's so good at those little body feints as well. Um, no, no one can track where he's going. Yeah. And uh, obviously we've seen a couple times before in the A-League, his fast feet, he's just, he can transition between skill moves, you know, seamlessly. Um, he's, uh, he's I'd, I reckon he'd be an absolute nightmare to defend against. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's shown why and he will continue to show why across this season. I only hope that... Um, you know, as he transitions from sort of that bench player, impact player um, to a starter, that he's not going to, you know, go through a dip in form that's going to sort of harm his confidence because I can see that happening. Sometimes those players uh, get a little bit found out or, you know, they try a dribble and it doesn't work and that sort of can play on their confidence. But he's every, everything he's trying is coming off at the moment and uh, he's just playing with supreme confidence and the goal is only going to increase his confidence, which is amazing. Um, yeah. He can definitely be that sort of Emil Smith Rowe kind of playmaker, uh, dribbler, and dazzler that we want to see. I think you only made that uh, comment because he has blonde hair. But did Smith hey, and Smith Rowe Arsenal doing well right now? <laughs> yeah, in fourth, Smith Rowe to his credit didn't he score this morning? Pretty good goal. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Tucked away. Similarly, I reckon no. Jake Holman's not like Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe is like Smith Rowe is like Jake Holman uh, with the finish. Right. Unerring. I mean, we could talk about the build-up, of course. Lockie getting it, uh, winning sort of the the ball in the midfield, which he did only a few times. Um, but you know, he had to be there, and you know, to his credit, facing away from goal, has a good enough awareness to to pop it uh, back heel to De Silva, who carries it along at pace while holding off a defender. Like, does really, really well. Um, I noticed the 
midfield player, I think it was Katrumbus, yeah, um, who was tracking and supposed to be following De Silva, kind of went to dive in but didn't. It was almost like a miscommunication between him and the defender. And Reese Williams, who's meant to be like a decent defender, you know, he's played for the Socceroos before. Um, he's just completely lost sight of Jake Holman streaming through that midfield. He had so much space. He could have taken another touch and then a shot. But um, De Silva, after he sort of gets it to the line of the, the box, lays it across for Holman and Holman picked his spot and, you know, executed a beautiful finish. Like you don't save those ones. And, uh, you know, it hit the post and we're all thinking, oh, shit, you know, it's not going to go in, but just picked that spot perfectly inside of the post and it's in. Yeah, very, you know, instinctual finish, just like knows it's there, bang, rolls it past the keeper. Um, yeah. And, and so- you know what? Cl- class finish too, because most young players or even more experienced professionals, you know, they might give it the laces there. They might um, take a touch and the moment's gone. He's just rolled it through like he was passing to the to the post, and you know those. That's the mark of a, a composed player, a, a player who's at the top of his game. And um, I'm so glad. For, I'm just so happy for Jake Holman, man, because like he is he's a gun, and and he needs that confidence to be at the top of his game. Yeah, his first A League goal as well should be mentioned. Um, Absolutely. So great for him to get off the mark and. Yeah, I mean, the fact he had so much space, he sort of like lets the play get ahead of him and just sort of, you know, eases his way out wider. And then he just got acres of space. Um, but he actually starts like probably 15 or so metres behind Lockie when he, when Lockie takes that first touch to then back heel it for De Silva. So, you know, he's pretty much just sprinted from behind halfway to end up on that 18-yard box. And yeah, exactly. Um, real quick thing. So, like, we often think as Lockie, of Lockie as being the quickest player in the side, um, but due to the sprints that they do in training, I've heard that Holman actually is the fastest in the team. So that makes a lot of sense then. If he's streaming up from midfield and getting forward, like, you know, of course he's going to pop up there and, and you know, would sneak in un- with, with the defenders unaware of him. I thought uh, Golek would have been the fastest in training fastest into the change rooms to get a drink <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. yeah no but a couple other things from the game uh mariapa adrian mariapa actually made his start which was a surprise i thought he was uh quarantined for a bit longer after coming here and uh i don't know if he actually had a serious session with the team or not like if they talked about how they want to defend or anything like that but when you I go think they- that quality you just trust him yeah, I think they just like said, all right, center back, you know how to defend, uh, make it work. Yeah, and he just gets his body in the right areas. His first touch as well, he sombreros it over a beanie or someone to, you know, nice control, composed, and then just finds the pass. And he, I think he blocked about three or so shots that were headed for goal, just throwing his body yeah. in front. One of them, he sort of like jumps out to like, put his chest on it, headers out. Um, yeah, really solid performance coming in with like no, probably like a one session with the team. Yeah, probably, and not even a real session probably because they would have been recovering from the cup game. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, absolute mammoth of a player. He's going to be huge for us. Um, you can tell 
if a defender's in form and, and like just, you know, confident in doing his job right, if they're not like diving in at um, like trying to block shots too hard, like if they just stand their ground, yeah, you know, they, they're confident. They're, they're uh, in, I think in the mood. Maldini said once, if I have to sprint, I've done my job wrong. And I did not once see Mariapa have to sprint this game. Yeah, oh, his positioning was class. And, uh, you know, it just adds a lot more confidence to an already, you know, well-performing backline. It's great to know that we've got those options. We can afford to rest players like Sujnia probably needs uh, a bit of a rest. Like he's playing really well, really well, and you want to have him in there. But, you know, as we think of the season that rolls on, you, he's played a lot of minutes recently. So maybe he needs to have a rest for a bit. But uh, a couple other things I wanted to touch on. Kurto with the absolute shithousery time-wasting when we needed it. Um, I feel like this is the pattern of our play now. We get a goal up and it's very much, you know, take our time. I think we've had the most like stoppage time out of any side across the season so far, just because, I mean, obviously Yuli's injury against Central Coast, but we do tend to, once we get up, we just are wasting time. And uh, a couple of ways that Kurto does that, I've noticed when there's a goal kick, he like clearly sees a ball on the ground on a little tee, uh, but he just is looking further like into the crowd. If, if the ball's gone in there, he's asking the ball boy, where's the ball? All this sort of stuff. This is little micro things. Um, he dives when there's a shot that goes wide, even though it's already over the line, like almost sarcastically. Um, Doing yeah. the, the pet check where the ball's rolling towards him and then he like dives on it and huddles it up and just like sits there for six seconds and then takes the six yep. seconds to kick it. Yep. <laughs> Changing sides when there's a goal kick, like every little dark art, every trick in the book, even late on when um, Western Sydney Wanderers fans, I think someone threw like something small towards him and he went up to the ref who was at like halfway and was like, I can't take a goal kick because they're throwing stuff at me. Um, so, you know, I mean, obviously, he's got to look after his safety. But again, that's a nice little bit of time waste, particularly in extra time. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, have that. He's not just a pretty face who can stop shots and, and save goals. He's a, he's a smart one. And it's working in our favor really well. Um, apart from that, like, I think we just turned up more than them. Like, yeah. uh, you can tell... You can tell how players feel about their coach by how much effort they're putting in um, I don't think Wanderers really deeply care about Carl Robinson. I don't think, I mean, maybe there's just a little bit of feeling like they're going to do it because they're quality players and they're getting paid probably a lot. Um, but there's a real sense of togetherness in the MacArthur squad that you don't often see. Um, and everyone turns up for each other. You know, after Holman scored his goal, Rusi and a couple of other, other subs are just running over to give him a big hug. Um you know, it, it's, it really is MacArthur, a team, right? Individuals who make a team, whereas Wanderers are a team of individuals. And uh, after the game, I had a chat to a few of my Wanderers supporting mates and uh, they're very much on the Carl out bandwagon now. They don't want him there. Yeah, it seems like whenever we beat a team, they just go into managerial hysterics, you know. Every, like, happened with Sydney with Corica out and then we beat Wanderers and they want their manager out too. So we're the coach killers, coach killers. I think we did it last season as well to, um, yeah, Mariners. Rudin. <laughs> oh, well, uh, Rudin, Rudin didn't get sacked. Did he almost, he got told his, his contract's not getting renewed. Ah, well, after he played us anyhow, um, 
yeah, it was fantastic to see. Like, I don't know, if you had told me at the start of the season, after the preseason we had, that we were going to go to Sydney and win, we were going to, you know, be top of the table and we're going to go to Western Sydney and win. And we're going to only concede. I would have beat your hand off to get that. Yeah, and we're only going to concede one goal while doing it in the first four yeah, games. completely unexpected. Yeah, huge turnaround. And, uh, it's been brilliant. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic to see. And uh, I think that will just grow in confidence as the season goes on. The longer we can keep that clean sheet too, um, teams will start to have it in their head that they can't score against us. Um, it brings up a few questions about like, what will we do? How will we, how will we react when we do go down? Because uh, I imagine at some point in the season, we'll be behind chasing the game. Yeah. Uh, will that really leave us open? Will we really push teams forward, or ourselves forward to try and get that goal? Um, I don't know. But for now, it's working. We're snagging that goal and just defending to the hilt. Yeah. Um, I guess before we preview the next game for our Bulls against Newcastle Jets, um, was there any players you wanted to you know, talk about the performance? Because I thought Al-Hassan Torre, his first start for us looking solid you can definitely see what he's going to bring to the attack with like he looks so calm and composed on the ball and just as soon as he gets that first touch the defenders always look like they're on the back foot and it sort of brings the finesse to the front line to make those passes that um you know sometimes Lockie will get the ball and it'll be like a scuffed pass that doesn't really hit feet to us and then we lose it in transition and we saw with Torre, he was able to keep the momentum going when we're moving forward. Yeah, he's a, he's a dangerous player. I think he's still getting used to playing with the boys and in the system and then in the way that Ante wants him to play. I mean, he was nearly a second striker up with Lockie a couple of times in the first half. And I think it showed by the territory stats that we were mainly going down Noon's wing rather than uh, Torre's wing. I don't know if he was just arriving late to receive the ball or whatnot, but when we were able to get the ball out there um, and when he had the ball at his feet, he was really, really dangerous. Um, However, I will say he doesn't look like he's in a real like flow state at the moment. And that's Mm. not to say that like I'm expecting him to be, but when you're so used to, you know exactly where everyone's going to be, you know, uh, you can trust that you're going to go forward and, and try and beat someone. I think he was a little bit worried about his defensive duties at the same time. So you'll see if you watch it back, he does the same move like, two, three times uh, where he's dribbling towards the defender. The defender's turned him around because he hasn't, you know, sort of bought the dummy. Um, And so instead of, you know, recycling the ball back out, he dribbles sort of facing the sideline, does a ball roll as if he's going back and then does that quick feint to try and go down the line again. Um, It could work, but if it becomes a move that he's sort of known for, the defenders are going to start to pick up on it. So he's got to vary it up a bit, but it was very sharp. um, But, I think, I think he's kind of got that in his head. Like, I'm going to try this now. And if you're doing that, if you're thinking about what you're going to do before you do it, it's going to be a lot less spontaneous, a lot more readable. Um, so he's just got to start playing in that flow state, which is hard to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's when he's reactive, like we saw it against us last season when the Bulls went down to uh, Adelaide and we lost 3-1 on that night and he played amazing. He, he dribbled through like three players like they were traffic cones. And I think that's the difference, right? Like he was in the flow state there, whereas uh, the other night, you know, on his debut, you're not expecting him to light the world on fire. Um, yeah. Still some good touches, but he's not 
he's not where he can be yet. I mean, he, yeah. he's he's got a, a ceiling to reach yet. I think he's more likely to be in that flow state when he's running at the defense with the ball in the final third. Whereas, you know, a lot of times he'll just receive the ball, have the defender right up on him, and then yeah, and facing away yeah, from goal, facing as well. away from goal, not how well. he wants it. No, um, but yeah, the man playing behind him. Moody Najjar, he gets Nijar. another start. Um, thoughts? I thought he was performance. ordinary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I thought, I, uh, like, with the ball was being worked out to him, defensively, he was fine. Like, he he yeah. pocketed Aquilina pretty well, kept him out of our box and out of... Like, didn't let too many crosses come in. I mean, that's where they were the most dangerous from the crosses in that area, but I think he shut him down fairly well, uh, considering Aquilina is much faster than there him. Was, there was one time uh, where Aquilina, like, popped it over Moody's head and then got a cross yeah. in, but nothing came of him anyway. So Yeah. And I think considering... it's, it's good having uh, Shuznia in behind him because it sort yeah. of gives him that... It should hopefully give him more confidence to know if he gets skinned, Shuznia can just clean it up. Yeah, and then he just has to slot in again behind him. Um, but... Yeah, I think going forward, he was a bit ordinary and it's not what you want from someone who touts as a, themselves as a left winger. Um, I just think maybe it wasn't him, but the system that Western Sydney played made it so difficult for him to play the right ball. Uh, you know, getting it up to Torre. Torre always had one on him and then one inside. So if he ever took the touch, it was bang straight on him. Uh, they could shut down the lane that Moody wanted to pass up the line to Al Hassan Torre, and then in the midfield, because we have the two higher and two lower midfielders, and they just had a, th- a midfield three. Um, all they had to do was press up, and our, you know, deep lying midfielders were starved of possession because they'd always have two on them. And because we're not the faster side of like moving it around very quickly, uh, especially when we're on halfway, when we're trying to pick that right pass, that right moment. Um, it made it hard for our wing backs, especially to get a ball into the midfield for that, like one, two. Um, so you often saw them go long uh, or Najar, who I think like, you know, his heart's in the right place. He's trying to just move the ball on quickly, but he picked out some of the opposition a bit too often for my liking. Yeah. I think he, he definitely just needs more time like in that role and I sort of maybe feel like he's been thrown in the deep end a little bit um, with playing at left wing back because there'll be times, especially early in games, where he'll receive the ball or it'll be a switch to him and, you know, he'll sort of miscontrol it over the sideline or, you know, like he's had two or three of those a game. And when you're trying to play this possession game of football, you don't want to be losing the ball in that area like if we're on halfway or trying to work it out from the back um so i don't know whether he's sort of been thrown in a deep end and just lacks that bit of confidence um that because like everyone at that level is going to have the first touch like no matter who you are you're going to have a good first touch but it's whether you have like the confidence in the at the right moment and that should hopefully yeah. come as the season progresses. I think he's just a bit young in that position. Um, you know, it's, he's obviously still playing out of position pretty much. Uh, so if he wants to make that his own, uh, he'll need more experience and uh, he'll need to put in a bit better performance than he did. I think it was just panic, really. Like he knows, oh, as soon as I get the ball here, if it's like near halfway, I've got to try and move it up. And uh, there were no options for him a lot of the time. So 
he'd often put his foot on the ball, pass it around the back, and then it was going out to Noon's wing, who, you know, he was maybe yeah. making those little different runs. Um, you know, maybe he was able to find that one too or dribble a player. Um, but yeah, Moody's just, I just don't think he had his best night and that's all right. You know, yeah. he can come back I think, so he can do it better. Plus, as you said, when he has Torre in front of him, he's staying higher up the field next to Lockie as like a forward. He's not going to have that option like he had when, you know, at the Silva plays in front of him, who's yeah. going to drop in to collect the ball. Um, and obviously and when Torre's playing more centrally, like it's pretty much a, do I go midfield? No, there's a midfielder there uh, blocking the pass to my the pass to my midfielder. Um, do I go to the striker? No, because there's a couple midfielders who could block it or a defender. Um, and, you know, if Torrey's not offering line, then, you know, what is he going to do? Dribble him? Like, no. there's a bit out of options there. Yeah. Um, plus then, when we eventually have a Davia back in the side, he'll be adding a bit more movement to our midfield. And, you know, with Davia, you can sort of just ping the ball at him and he'll control it. So, yeah. Yeah, well, we we certainly look forward to him being back, um, but it won't be for a few weeks yet. That I think brings it's, us... it's definitely good that we got the win without Devere in the side. Yeah, a lot about team. Um, yeah, there's a lot of heart. And uh, like I said before, they'll run through brick walls for each other. Um, that brings us nicely onto our game this Sunday up against the Jets, 4 p.m. at Campbelltown Stadium, forecasted to be a nice sunny day. And, uh, you know, as long as COVID doesn't keep increasing its numbers, then there should be a nice crowd there. Uh, our return to Camelltown Stadium, much looking, looking forward to that one. But speaking of COVID, there's a couple of uh, Jets players who won't be making the trip down. So Angus Thurgate, who's really been like a changed player under Arthur Pappas, like he always had a little bit about him, but... Um, really this season he's gone from strength to strength. He won't be available. He's been there, midfield anchor, deep-lying playmaker sort of player, uh, but he's contracted COVID. And then his roommate as well, Noah James, who's the Jets' backup keeper, won't be making it down to Campbelltown. So um, that game should be still going ahead. In fact, it was uh, sorry announced today that it definitely is still going ahead, despite those players being missing. Um, but we've got a few other players to worry about because the Jets have been absolutely on fire lately. Um you know, they smashed Wellington 4-0 uh, on the Saturday night. And not only that, um, every game they've been in this year, they've looked like outscoring their opposition, even if the results haven't necessarily gone their way. Um, Valentino Yule's been playing out of his skin. Mikkel Tadze looks a very dangerous striker, almost in the same milk as Barisha, like very tenacious, a bit of skill, can finish from anywhere. Um, you got Daniel Pena, and uh, De Cunha as well, right? Like these are very good players, uh, attacking midfielders. It's like having two De Villiers out there, the way they're playing, stringing the balls together. Like if you look at the, those highlights from the Wellington game uh, that they had, you know, those four goals, every single one could have been a Premier League goal. Like they were stringing passes together like peak Barca. Yeah, Yule is on fire. So I worry about... <laughs> the havoc he's going to cause down our right side. Um, if you can hold him at bay, but I don't think he even scored in the 4-0 win. And, no. you know, the, the the rest of the team just was quality. So, yeah, absolutely. He'll be a definite handful for Craig Noon. I feel like 
there'll be moments in the game where we're just defending really closely on the edge of our box. We'll have, you know, five across the back line and all of our midfielders pulled back and might be one out a little bit for Lockie Rose or whoever starts up top. But um, when we do have time and space and, you know, we wrestle a bit of possession back, I think we've got the quality to beat this side. Um, you know, you look at their midfield without like the deeper midfielders, without um, Angus Thurgate there, you've got Jordan O'Doherty and then a bunch of like younger NPL sort of style players. Uh, sorry, Jordan O'Doherty is a midfielder who used to play for Western Sydney Wanderers. He did his uh, ACL, I believe. And then he had a season at Adelaide where he didn't really break into the first team too much. And now he's been picked up by the Jets. So, um, you know, still a young player, still learning his trade. And I think uh, that could be a bit of a vulnerability for the Jets. Yeah. Um, especially since, you know, we've definitely looked the strongest we ever had in the attacking third. And if they don't have, you know, the personnel of Thurgate operating in that defensive midfield area, um, I could see De Silva or Noon being able to get plenty of space just to run at the defense and, create a ton of chances for us um yeah we also have to talk about uh bumal now he's the right winger so it's like you got yule on the left bumal on the right pena attacking midfielder mikkel tadze up top and then they were usually playing odoity and thurgate in the midfield um so obviously that deeper midfielder will be you know probably a younger bloke like uh you know, maybe sam silvera comes in or costa grosos um but defensively they it's a weird one. They've got experience, but are they the best players ever? I mean, you cast your mind back to the 4-0 win we had against Adelaide United. Jordan Elsie was in that side, and um, he just was getting picked apart by Derbyshire in the air uh, and on the ground. Matt Yerman, who used to play for Sydney FC, has you know come into their side sort of as a marquee centre-back, um, and he's their captain, but he's looked a little bit shaky the first few weeks as well. So I think certainly we can hurt them going forward. Um, but man, they're going to be hard to keep out. Like if we can keep a clean, keep a clean sheet against them, there's no reason why we can't win this game. Yeah. I mean, could definitely say it being a, a two, two, which would be an exciting game, you know, at least above 3.5 goals scored. Take that one to the bookies. That's the yeah. big banter bet of the week. Um, <laughs> But ironically, the clubs just come out with like an anti-gambling campaign. So maybe don't take it to the bookie. Yeah. Well, yeah, I did say that. Props to <laughs> MacArthur for that because, um, you know. It's a strain on our community, isn't it? Yeah. You could see five years time, though. It would be funny if we have a, a betting sponsor, like 32 yeah. bet or blue, <laughs> blue bet stadium. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was a bit of That's what we played in Penrith, yeah. 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 But um, no, I think, uh, I mean, you've, you've called it for 2-2. I think uh, it'll be a high-scoring affair as well. I think it could even be like a 3-2 or a 3-1. Um, I, I can't even tell if the Bulls are going to win it or not. I, I wonder if we're able to score three goals in this system. Like, <laughs> you know, if we can be clinical, sure. But I think most of the attacking play is going to go to the Jets side. I think... Uh, as much as my heart tells me we're top of the league, we're going to win, like, you know, we're unstoppable at the moment. Uh, this could go anyway. I, I actually can't make a solid prediction for you because uh, I'm, I'm pretty stumped on this one. Yeah, like, if we look back to the game so far this season, like, 
there hasn't been less than three goals per game for the Jets so far. So yeah, even though they think of them, they can be go. leaky at the back, but I think they're sort of relying on it doesn't matter if we're shoot at defense, like we're gonna outscore you. Concede four, score five. Yeah. yeah. They're a glass cannon. Um, you know, scoring a lot in attack, but very vulnerable uh, you know, in defense. Whereas we're the exact opposite. So it'll be an interesting fixture nonetheless, like uh, just to see the experiment of, you know, pretty much the best attack in the league versus the best defense in the league. Um, who's going to come out on top. I think the longer we go into the game with it being nil-nil, the better it is for us. And, yeah. you know, at home, you'd want to get an early goal and all that sort of stuff. But I think we're pretty comfortable just defending, letting other teams have the ball. Um, I don't know if we want to do that against such an exciting attacking unit like Newcastle, particularly when, you know, some of the goals they've scored, like, unbelievable. They're playing out of their skin this season. Um, but, you know, maybe we change things up a bit. Maybe we go back to the old way of doing it where we try and outpossess, and maybe that's safer for us, um, even if we don't necessarily have the same sort of cohesion going through midfield as we did last season. Um, you know, the likes of Jean Robe and Benyat and Cicietti can't really just replace them, uh, even though we've brought in quality. But because of the injuries we've got, I don't know if much is going to come back for this one. Um, Tommy Urich, I mean, we want him to start, but who knows what's going on with him. Um, he didn't get any minutes against the Wanderers. So it's a, a bit of an enigma. So you'd think probably Tommy Yours slotting into that midfield again alongside Mamboa and then uh, De Silva and another midfielder in uh, the attacking space. Maybe a Holman gets a start. Um, maybe Torres starting there again. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird one. So I honestly can't come up with a prediction for you apart from that it's going to be a cracking match. Yeah, that's, what, that's all you can really hope for as a football fan. You know, it's nice winning 1-0, but you want to see some quality football. Everybody loves some goals. So, yeah, expecting a, a big one on the weekend, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think our uh, our clean sheet's probably not going to be clean. It'll be filthy, yeah, dirty well, sheet. It's, it's good that Curdo's been, you know, on top form, top, top form. Um just depends whether this weekend. Yeah, definitely tested. Like he's been, well, he's been tested in every game pretty much. He's saved about two goals in each game for sure. Some games yeah. even more. So mm-hmm. just a matter of, you know, is it has our time come that we're gonna finally start conceding? Yeah, I just hope if we do concede that we don't concede first, because uh that'll be a real challenge. You know, at home, the fans might get a little bit on our backs, like you know, on the players' backs, because we want to see, obviously, the team continue to win and be top of the table. And uh, there's no reason why we can't. But, um, you know, every week it's sort of the same story of, like, at least the media portraying it this way of, like, how long can MacArthur keep it going like this? Um, you know, surely they'll concede this week. Surely they'll concede next week. Um, you know, it would be a nice story if we just never conceded. But, you know, that's what dreams are made of. And we live, we live in a real world, so... We've got to be real careful uh, this weekend with Newcastle Jets attack. But the boys, if they stick to their guns and, uh, you know, if we do go down early, don't get weathered or don't get, um, you know, upset by it and just push on, stick to the plan and we should be able to get it done. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think 
definitely expecting points. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're Bulls and I don't think we're top of the table still. I don't think we're walking away this weekend with zero points. So a draw Mm. or a win. Um keep the role going. Hopefully we can stay at the top of the table or at least, you know, up there There still. Yeah. Yep. It's a big test for us. And um yeah, like I said it. It will take place at Camptown Stadium, 4 p.m. on Sunday. Hope to see you there. It'll be a, a nice occasion with the Bulls coming back home and uh, hopefully the boys can get the business done for us. And uh, we thank you as always for listening to another episode of Bull Banter. Make sure you go ahead and share the shit out of it. Make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, follow us on Instagram. That's where most of our content takes place. So if you're not on there, get on there. And yeah. uh, we'll see you in the next one. Yeah. Happy holidays. Uh, be safe over the festive season and um, go your bulls. Yeah, take care.